Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Uh, speaking of Twitter, not the most positive place to be right now. Um, we know, of course, of the things that are going on. Uh, we live in the Minneapolis-St. Paul metro. Obviously, we are saddened by a lot of what we see on many different levels and points of view. Um, we don't believe that we are the type of people that you want to necessarily hear that from. We think you want to just escape it for a little bit and talk about sports and football. How's that? That's what I want to do. And I think that pretty much sums up. By the way, I live in the city of Minneapolis. Fortunately, nowhere near where all the rioting and looting was taking place. But that is my old hood. My original hood when I moved to Minneapolis. I was two blocks north and two blocks west of where George Floyd died. Right. Originally. So I think the one word you said that sums it all up, saddened. Yes. That's it. Yes. Um, yeah, first house I own, 1.7 miles away from where everything went down. Um, we'll just leave it at that. Like, yeah. Obviously, we are saddened by 100%. Obviously, we're saddened by what happened to George Floyd. Should never happen. Lots of other things at, past that. We hope we can all get together, come together, and move forward some, at some point. How about we move forward with some housekeeping? There we go. Housekeeping. On the football front, a little bit of a slow week, unlike the rest of the news. But Lovey Smith, head coach of University of Illinois football team, shaves his iconic beard that happened on the 28th. Did it get to iconic status? Would you believe? Oh, I think. I mean, based on the reaction, I agree. It was iconic. I think so. Um, so, so, Here's my take on it his beard was awesome. It was magnificent. It was beautiful. But everything has its its course. Everything runs its course. All good things come to an end. And I think it was time to shave it. 100% agree. I figured that's what you would think. Um, like I saw, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but somebody was like, gosh, can 2020 get any oh, worse now? I've got it written down who, here. Who is oh, it? This, it was, this is my favorite tweet okay, about right. Lovey's beard shaving. It was by GBR Donkey. He said... I'm still upset over the beard getting shaved off. And he texted, he tweeted this like a couple days later. So he was still thinking about it. I'm still upset over the beard getting shaved off. Like shit isn't bad enough right now. Lovey has to go out and do that. I hate 2020. <laughs> so the, here's a, a, a Huskers fan. And he's that upset about Lovey shaving his beard. So that's why I think it's iconic. Um, and I, I think obviously that tweet is drenched in sarcasm. You know, he's, he's sure it, it's that was 95% for comedy purposes, which it hit the mark very well. Um, it, he looks better without the beard. That's, I mean, he looks so young oh for God. his age. He literally looked like he looks young for his age in general, right? But that because you got used to the old man sure. approaching Santa Claus situation beard, it's like. If he looked like how, how old is Lovey? 60, 62 or three. Okay, so he looked fifty four before he grew the beard. Yeah. Now he looks forty eight. Like it's like he took four years off of well, his look. Do you know why? He claims that he's in the best shape right now that he's been in in like ten or twenty years. Really? Yeah, I guess he's working out like crazy right now with. And the, you thought he was looked like he was in pretty good shape. Yeah. You went to training camp a couple years ago. Right. Already. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw him up close, and he he was in very good shape. I thought. 
Uh, his words, he says he's in great shape now. Now, the other wait, thing. Real, real correct. Yeah. Just to add on, speaking of uh, tweets from Nebraska people about 2020, mm-hmm. I just want to call out um, uh, Captain Bug Eater for the tweet he put out that oh, said, yeah. okay, we're at the halfway mark. We're at halftime of the year 2020. We're going to need a really good halftime speech to get out here. Anyways, that was hilarious. I, I retweeted it. I gave him props. I just wanted the to The last two minutes of the half are really important, Bug Eater. Yes. Just remember, that it's two of the most important minutes of the game. Correct. Let's, let's not forget about those. Yep. And one more thing about Lovey is maybe this is re- his recruiting like slump buster. Mm. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's not, nobody's... Hiding the fact that it's not going well with recruiting for oh, Illinois recruiting right now. Oh, it's so. just brutal, awful. Yeah. yeah, give it a shot, right? You never know. Got to, got to try something. Yeah, never there know. was um, real quick story. This is, I don't know if this is uh, perfectly fits him, but I'm gonna try it anyways. Um, I think it's safe to say when I got to Iowa City, um, I still had a little bit of uh, style that would be more akin to the country area that I grew up in. Okay. Uh, girls, a little of the, a hayseed, a little bit of a hayseed okay. is a hayseed type of look is what I had going on. Yes. Um, most of the girls that, you know, go to the university of Iowa are from a city. A lot of them are from the Chicago, Chicago, area. a lot of them. So yeah. They did not like that hayseed type of look. So I dated a girl that literally was like, Jeff, you are a nice guy, but boy, you're close. Just awful. Like literally. <laughs> and I'm like, what? She's like, Jeff, you just horrible. So she dressed me up, did my hair like. She, well, that's that's and, a woman thing to begin with, but it sounds like maybe this is a more extreme situation than yes, typical. Okay. I needed I needed an overhaul, and guess what happened? I started getting attention from girls, and I broke up with her and and dated more girls. Oh wow, she <laughs> set a trap for herself. She did. She trapped, sprung the trap on herself. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. That was back in the day of the big switch. Was I started wearing carpenter jeans? You started wearing. Car- I didn't have. Remember in the late nineties, carpenter carpenter Is that jeans. A thing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I guess they kinda were. Like carpenter jeans were cool. Now I think about it, I think yeah. I had a couple pairs of yeah. those. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I guess I hair gel. There was no pomade back then. It was just straight gel. Just it, the wet look, man. Like it was like you had a hair helmet. Straight up wet look. Yeah. Yep. All the time. <laughs> well, so we were uh bounced around ideas for a show and you said, Well, what about a mailbag? Of course, Boom. mailbag. Perfect. Timing. We haven't done mailbag in probably about a year. Yeah, I mean it's probably a once every year to six months tops type of thing. I would say once a year. I mean I think it's been a year. It's about. been about a year. So we got a great response, and we've got a ton of content here. We've got a couple things that we're probably going to reserve for their own shows. So we, we'll give credit out to those guys. But uh, want to just dive in? Let's go. Let's get right in. Okay. Um, we're, we're allowing multiple questions here, apparently, too. So we we got three from BK19 at BK underscore TSM. First one, Penn State stru- struggled with past defense last year. Any reason to expect a dramatic improvement this year? Now, we know they lost some really good defensive linemen, right? Yep. They get most of their defensive backs returning. John Reed got drafted. Correct. But I think for other than that, they pretty much are intact. I think Brent Pry is a good coordinator definitely if you look at his history he doesn't have a history of like giving up a tremendous amount of passing yards bingo yeah i mean i feel like it's just it's more weird. of an it's just more of an anomaly here for the past defense i think year. it was an anomaly but it's so weird that it happened because they had such a good defensive line 
and pretty darn good defensive backs too. I mean, I and don't I th- think there's anybody on Penn State's roster that's not you know pretty talented. I mean, they're really loaded at cornerback, but I think it's it may be one of those positions like their wide receivers where they just kind of haven't shown it yet. And so you're talking more about safeties or or actually I'm just talking about okay. defensive back overall. Okay, like I, I feel like there's plenty of talent. I would say one of the biggest reasons that you'll see a better performance out of the Penn State defensive backfield is because this type of question is getting asked in the first place. Right. And when something is off, I can guarantee you the coach is in the offseason. I know we, you know a big part of the offseason has gotten stripped down, but that'll still bleed over into the fall. Trust me, the coaches will make a point to say this is something that we're getting fixed. Sure. Because of that emphasis is a big reason why you could probably see some improvement. And the other thing, not to get too down on them, is they had a good defense last year. Uh, they were eighth in the country in scoring defense, fifth in rush defense. Now, yeah, they probably lost the Minnesota game because they were getting torched through the air, but it was a good defense. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. There's only so much. It you is could... an anomaly. Like, it was an you anomaly. have a good defensive coordinator. There's a lot of talent on this in the entire defense. The D-line was good, yet somehow the secondary struggled. Well, and And – they weren't giving up rush yards, so teams kind of had to throw the ball. And that's a big part of it. Yeah. We probably almost should have led with that, but that is a big right. part of it. Yep. So do I expect it to have dramatic improvement? Yes. Dramatic is maybe a tough wording, but definitely look better. Yeah. Yep. Okay, the next question. Nebraska defense. So they have adequate P5 coaches to be a top defense. So that's the first question. For, that's they? question A. So. Yeah. Their their defense is mostly the carryovers from Central Florida, where they okay. played pretty good defense. They also were a defense that on a team that had a great offense, so that you're gonna probably give up more points when your your team is scoring more, right? Yep, yep. You're, that's the, a rule. So, so we should we know they can point do out, it. We should probably point out this uh, question is coming from a Nebraska fan, right? I, I just think it's fair to kind of bring that. Uh, a lot of debate that I am seeing out of Nebraska fans themselves is, is this a D1 power five, big 10 level defensive staff, which is a fair question to ask after two years of the defense looking subpar, right? You know, and then there's other people that say, yes, they are. They just need more time. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what camp, I'm in myself. I'm kind of um, undecided on Chenander I, and his staff overall. Right. And there is, you know, there is a thing about going from non P5 to P5. We asked the same questions of like PJ Flack, for instance, when he came from Western Michigan to, to Minnesota, but he's shown he can do it. So it can be done. The, the first thing that comes to my mind is, well, Central Florida just has so much more talent than just about everybody else in that conference. Right. But then when you think about it, Nebraska has been recruiting at the top of the West for years. It's not like they're without talent. No, especially in the secondary this year and last year. They had a very talented secondary. Um, yeah, I see what you're getting at. Um, tough hundred, you know, tough question to ask or to answer hundred percent. It's just more, you know, obviously opinions we're giving here. Um, what I have always wondered, and I, I believe I brought this up um on one of the, the Nebraska specific podcasts that that uh I went on, and what I'm I'm continually curious about with the Nebraska defense. And again, this I think this folds into another debate between Nebraska fans. If I would, if I if I can be so bold as to to kind of interject myself into that, and it is 
the 3-4 versus the 4-3. There are a ton of Nebraska fans that don't like the 3-4. Well, you know who doesn't like the 3-4? Anybody whose team runs the 3-4. You know who doesn't like the 4-3? Anyone whose team runs point. the 4-3. Yeah. That's there's what, some, that's there's what some I exceptions noticed. to that. But there are, I mean, obviously, the teams that are very good right. at playing defense don't complain. But Well, and then look at two teams in their own division that are good at defense. Wisconsin runs a 3-4. Three, four. Three, four. Iowa runs a 4-3. Sure. So, obviously... You can do it either way. It doesn't matter. Um, so, to me... That's it, not I, okay. I'm a four three guy. What what are you? Are you? A I'm four, a four three guy. You're okay. It just to me a four three makes sense. You got your two defensive ends. You got your two D tackles. You got you know kind of a more solidified uh, middle linebacker. Yes. And you got two quicker guys on the outside. You know like and obviously these some of these things are turning into the 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 cash star money whatever you want to call it where it's kind of a four two five. But essentially these are all different. Like what I'm seeing as an issue is is two things with Nebraska's defense. Um, the the line play, it doesn't look strong to me. Mm-hmm. So this is probably a really simplistic way of putting this, but try a 4-3 to get some more so beefier you, talent sure. up front. Like, it seems like when they go against more, you know, uh, run-heavy teams, I don't know if getting pushed around is the right way to say it, but it seems like the best way to put a stopper on that, get some bigger bodies in there right. and, and run a 4-3. Throw another big body in there. Does that make sense? It does. And then I'm going to take that a step further. I, I just talked about their their talent, which is there. But then if you compare their linebacker play to someone like Wisconsin, it's not on the same level as Wisconsin. That was I said I had two points to make on the defense. You just took the second one okay. to me is – if you are going to run a 3-4 defense, um, I believe I'm strong enough in the X's and O's department to say that you better have good linebackers. Yeah. And they better play smart and hard. And, and they be look, athletic. And be athletic. Yeah. yeah. And, and so this is kind of fitting into a lot of stuff. But, like, I, I've i not been impressed by the the, the linebacker play of, of hmm. um, Nebraska. In fact, I would go so far as to say the secondary play was – Pretty darn good. I thought it was good. Yeah. By the end of, of last year, and I think it'll be even stronger this year, the D-line was okay last year. Yeah. The linebackers were not very good. Bad. And I don't so, think there's any way around that. So my whole thing is you better either get the linebackers up to a 3-4 you know, uh, speed here yeah. pretty quick or get to a 4-3 where you're you're catering to more of the defensive line because right now they're in limbo. Yeah. And one thing, it, it, and I, I was going to kind of fold this in, um. You, you know, you talked about this is probably a completely different question to take it off, and I don't 100% mean to do that, but Nebraska has been recruiting higher, but I think the the retention has been... Retention's been bad. So it kind of evens out as far as the the talent compared to It, it kind of does, but if you look to, at their overall team talent rankings, they're, I think, fourth in the Big Ten last year. Okay. And so. that obviously does not shine well on the defensive staff in no. that case. And so I don't want to dodge the question here. So top D... No, I have seen nothing to indicate that they, they are going to be a top D. Serviceable, good enough to win and compete in the West? Yeah, I, I think they could do that. Um, and then the next question to kind of piggyback onto it, can you suggest defensive coordinator replacements? I'm not going to go into an actual name. Yeah, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't even dig down into that. But my thought process would be find somebody that plays your base 4-3 Um Zone defense, you know, mostly zone, mostly a bend but don't break type of defense. Tackle, <laughs> that that tackles important. well, because 
that to me, like, I, I don't think there's any question the Nebraska offense at some point is going to click and take back off. Sure. So if you can have a pretty good defense. That's all you need. It seems like that would be enough. Well, like at Central Florida, they had a pretty good defense. They weren't leading the conference in defense. They were like third and fourth and something like that. Right. That's all you need if you have a great offense. So, right. yeah, I think it can still work. Um, so next question, last yeah. question from BK. Would Jeffrey the Greek take a loss versus Nebraska if it meant a win versus Wisconsin? So I'm guessing in this question I can only choose You can one only choose, the, was. I would choose one. Two. Yeah, so one I, win. Would, I would choose the win versus Wisconsin. Oh, I would too. Yeah, I mean, hands it's down. Really it's it's time. of a debate we've got to get um, that done yep okay next question from josh at j horton 402 all right he tweeted about jeff brom versus pj fleck and who started with the most started with the least who has improved their status in the big 10 the most basically what he was saying is i've P- seen this debate more and more like comp- it's kind of a round robin comparison between brom fleck and uh scott frost Okay, so what he was saying was that Brom started with less talent, which I think is fair. PJ started with a program that was in much better shape, and that Brom has improved his his wins within the Big Ten compared to the previous person by, I think it was 38%, whereas PJ's only improved by 4%. So what he was kind of indicating is maybe Jeff Brom has done a better job than PJ. But a lot of, piggy- lot of, lot of layers to that onion. But piggybacking off of that. So we can debate that all day. How close is Jeff Brown to competing for a Big West title? Okay. Um, can we go back? Before sure. I yeah, lose? okay. All right. And then we'll – okay. A lot of what uh, PJ detractors point at is that Minnesota had won, I think, nine games, right? They had won nine games the previous year. Okay. When Big Boy was still coaching him the yep. year after kill. Um, the devil's in the details here a little bit. That team graduated a ton of people off of that team, that nine-win team, and the talent that was left underneath. Kill was not doing a great job recruiting. No, he wasn't. It was, in fact, it was pretty bad. But he was doing a good job developing. Developing was good. But the one thing he was, he didn't hand over, was a quarterback to speak of. Correct to PJ Flack. And and I don't know if I'm going to be able to articulate this well, but 100% kill. And Tracy Clay is too. You got to give him some credit too. They were a good developing staff. Absolutely. But if you are a new coach that takes over a program, would you rather have a well-developed roster or a talented roster because you're starting over from scratch for the most part for offensive and defensive schemes? Well, you you want a well or a, a, a talented one to take that, over. That's what I'm saying. But okay, so that. I think PJ was put in a little bit tougher spot than maybe people realize when you factor in the amount of talent that was off of that the team before he took over at, along with But you keep know, in mind how many guys they just put in the NFL which was from the Kill and Clay's day. But then that that speaks You're back saying right to, after right after that is right. Yeah, okay. But then that speaks back to you got to give PJ some credit for developing and and getting his scheme to fit the guys or the guys to fit the scheme sure. either way. Okay. So I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is I definitely think Purdue was in worse shape than Minnesota or Nebraska. Cause again, oh, they yeah. get compared like look at the lack of winning that was going on under Daryl Hales. I mean, I think it was five seasons in a row where they hadn't won more than three games or four games, something like that. Yeah. It was bad. It was the whole point. It was atrocious. The Hazel 
era was just. And I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast before. I thought it would go better. I, I thought Hazel was a good hire when Purdue hired. Yeah, him. I know you, you were kind of high on him. I'm not sure that I don't remember my opinion specifically looking yeah. back. But boy, who would have guessed it went that, that poorly? So yes, I agree with the question that Brom, where his starting point was with Purdue, much lower. Yes. Okay, so how close is he to competing for a Big West title? So this is funny to me. I don't think he's too close. I don't think so either. I don't. I. I don't see it happening this year. I'm. I don't know why some people are so high on him next but, year. But I could see him beating anybody well, that, that wins the Big Ten. That's West. true. That's a good point. Um, and I'm gonna go back to this. I've said this many times. He had a great recruiting class. Was it last year? The real high one. He's not recruiting real well right now, which is kind of kind of weird. I mean, they had a bad year last year, but. You go. You look at their recruits, and they just have so many wide receivers. Those that's all their highest ranked guys are white. There's one football, and you only have it half of the time during the game. Right. Like you got to recruit some linebackers, some cornerbacks, some defensive tackles. Right. We need all of these positions. Right. We need more than wide receiver. So, It'd be like it's the equivalent of walking through a house that had been recently remodeled. And it's got three bathrooms that are just amazing. Mm -hmm. The bathrooms are incredible. There's a master bathroom, a guest bathroom. Like, it's just, you know, a bathroom down the basement. But the kitchen, both living rooms and bedrooms are crap. See, and bathrooms sell, but you need kitchen, too. You need the kitchen. I mean, it's bathrooms and kitchen that sell, really, right? The kitchen is the biggest thing. And to me, that's the O&D line, which... So, the good point. They're not doing a great job recruiting there. I don't feel as as bad about the offensive line because I feel like he's he's so good calling plays he can kind of work around that but you need to well okay yes but that running game was okay good point bad last year and atrocious I think atrocious is is okay yeah to to, that's an adjective we can use that there um it causes issues when you get deeper into the the season and because of that because of the lack of O-line play and D-line play or just defense in general yes that's why I think they're further away from winning a Big West title when Wisconsin is Wisconsin, Iowa is Iowa, Minnesota is now Minnesota, yeah. and you're definitely not leaps and bounds better than Nebraska uh, or Illinois. No, not, I don't not think. at this point. No, and so I don't. He also added like about reaching the mountaintop, which I guess he means like winning the the West is what he means by the mountaintop. Uh, I will say this. I I have faith that Brom can get it done. See, it, okay, if you had to bet right now, is he going to win the West or not in his time at Purdue? What would you say? <sighs> I would say no. I'm putting my money on no. And a lot of that just I has am gonna to do. I'm going to say no, but it's like 43% no to 57% yes in my mind. It is very close. I'm going to go a little more disparity there. Okay. I, I wouldn't give him more That's than a, a one question. in three chance really uh, yeah it's not so much and, and if i'm a purdue fan listening to that i'm i'm an, i'm annoyed by that answer because yeah, we probably. both said no out of both of us it is more of a respect to the big 10 west correct uh, than anything and here's the other thing it's not like you can't have a great time watching your team win a bunch of games even if they're not winning the west eight and four seasons can be really fun yes especially from you know the point of view obviously of a fan base that Hasn't had a ton of eight and four. I, I would fact, do really bad things to have an eight and four season. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, what we we are going on probably. I'm just going to, off the top of my head, I'm going to say it's been eight years since Purdue's had an eight and four or better season. Gosh. It, it could be longer than that. I Yeah. I mean, it's pre-Hazel. So it's been a while. I mean, did 
Danny Hope never had an eight-win yeah. season. Did, oh, do we have to go back to about, Tiller? Forgot about Danny Hope. Yeah. That, that was a strong mustache. Strong stash. Strong stash. Yeah. Strong stash play. So the point being is, is, is obviously as a Purdue fan, of any fan, your goal is to win your division and get to the Big Ten Championship. We're not disparaging Purdue fans like you don't deserve the chance to root for that. Of course you do. But there's fun in, in strong eight and four season where you beat Wisconsin, who actually wound up winning the West. Right. That's a that's sure. a fun. There's a lot of fun in that year. There is. I I've experienced that. Um, and then also defensive staff is another question. I don't think they improved themselves any by hiring Bobby Disco. So, by the way, we call him Bobby Disco because if you try to spell Diaco on your face, which autocorrect. I I tried the first time I typed that. It corrected me like five times. I'm like, no, Diaco. And finally, just F it. Disco it is. So um, we're not, and how many we're, how many coordinators do you get? How many defensive coordinators do you get? Uh, you're saying for, if you're as Jeff a head Brum, coach, <laughs> three is the max, I would say. Probably. Right. So this is a second. This is two. Yeah. But they really like Brom. I mean, he is definitely. I wouldn't get rid of him. In the court of public opinion for Purdue fans, he's very well liked. Oh, yes. Okay, moving on. Matt Zedeker at MZedman has requested that we list our top 10 favorite Pearl Jam songs. Now, I'm going to start by saying I've never considered myself a fan. It's not that I don't like them. I certainly like some of their songs, but I would never pull them up on Spotify and start playing them. Oh so, really? Okay. No. Uh-uh. All right. Um, but I'm will, happy to to join in because there are some a handful of songs I really like. Yeah. Um, so obviously Pearl Jam was one of the. Uh, I mean that that when you think of '90s grunge, Pearl Jam is one or two. But I think they were they they kind of started it all really. Yeah, Nirvana. Because with Pearl ten, Jam, ten right. to me, I remember ten before I remember. Yeah. Uh, smells like Teen Spirit, Spirit. whatever okay. that one was called. Never yeah. mind. Never, Never mind. mind. Yeah. I think that came out right before. Yeah. So it, it, it hit me first. I'd have to, okay. Um, I like Pearl Jam more than Nirvana. Uh, I Pearl Jam probably is, do as well. Pearl Jam is definitely one of my favorite bands, certainly of the 90s, maybe okay. even maybe even all time. But this is the point okay, I want to so make. you're a much bigger fan than me. I'm a big, I sound like I'm a bigger Pearl Jam fan. But here's the deal. Like, Pearl Jam is one of those bands where they enter into, like, people love Pearl Jam is yeah, one of those they bands have a really strong cult following it does have a cult following like I've been to 17 Pearl Jam concerts type of deal yeah oh so, yeah um, and the Jack Irons was their drummer for a long time I like Jack Irons so, okay so okay I've got that going for me Chicago ties there with you uh Eddie Vedder huge Cubs fan yeah so that's you know that's well, the that reason doesn't, not that doesn't to like help. them that but help you. Yeah. real quick story my buddy Ryan I played football with uh-huh. uh at Iowa he uh was at a game at Wrigley. So that he's second inning in and he's like talking to his friends, looks over. Eddie Vedder sitting right next to him. Yeah, he goes to a lot of games. He's like, Are you Eddie Vedder? He's like, Yeah, man. Oh man. Said he was the coolest dude. Really? Yeah. So he said drinking beers. Drinking beers. They talked a little baseball. He didn't stay for the whole game because he was starting to get mobbed, but he just said up until then it was fantastic. Oh, cool. So that's kind of that's fun. um so I don't know if we're gonna do a whole top ten, but we're just gonna list out a couple songs we like, right? Yeah, you wanna start? I think my favorite is Elderly Woman. Oh, I've got that here. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great tune. Absolutely. Elderly Woman behind a counter in a small town. A, but AKA shortened down to just Elderly, elderly woman. woman by Pearl Jam fans. So, yeah. Okay. How about this one? Rearview Mirror. Sure. That song rocks. Great, great that, song. When that comes on, I'm singing in my car and I'm fist pumping. Okay. Um, Black is. That's, it, I, I would. You could. You could switch. 
elderly woman black back and forth to me. They're both fantastic. I actually listed black first. That, okay. that may be my favorite Pearl Jam song. It's definitely my favorite off of 10. It was on 10, right? Right. Yeah, that's yep. that's way up there. All right. Um, Yellow Leadbetter. Yeah, I got that one too. Like it's, I think that's the, that might be the quintessential song to a lot of the, the heavy, heavy Pearl Jam It's fans. their anthem, I think. I think so. Yeah. I believe. Because like, okay, like I don't have Jeremy listed here. Jeremy is a good song. But I don't think a lot of Pearl Jam fans will point to Jeremy because it, it got a little too mainstream. It, it got too mainstream. Does that make, does that make sense? And I, yeah. I used to like that song. Like I, I loved the album 10 when it came out, but then it got too much for me. I just heard it too okay. much. So okay. I don't, I'm not going to list Jeremy as one of my tops. Okay. Uh, Dissident, huge for me. I, yeah, eh, I'm just iffy on that one. Okay. Okay, what about Corduroy? Sure. Oh, you're just iffy on that one. Well, I like it. I just, okay. it's a step below. What yeah. about Glorified G? good i mean i i, I don't okay. there's there's very few pearl jam fans or songs that i i don't like okay I, hit me yeah. with one uh off he goes i love oh off i don't goes. even know that one uh, off he goes perfect nope I can't eat nothing toys. okay it's okay yep. what about just breathe i guess i'd have to listen What's up, Eddie? You know that one? I think so, yeah. It was in Into the Wild? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right, right. A killer tune. Real nice. soft one. Acoustic yeah. guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's. I think that's my list there. For, that's my list. Yeah. That's all I've got. We've either gotten some people to want to listen to Pearl Jam, <laughs> or they, they'll never listen to it again after what I we I think some people might have skipped to the next podcast. But let's see what's going on. Thanks with, for the uh, download either yeah. way. Because as long as you get... You know, if you get two minutes in or an hour and two minutes <laughs> still in, still counts still... <laughs> the same for us. Okay, moving on to our boy Dustin Shooty at Shooty CFB, of course, from the famous SaturdayTradition.com. If you could only enjoy one cocktail for the rest of your life, old fashioned excluded, what would it be? This is easy for me. You want to start? Well, no, you start. Because okay. I've got, well, hold, l- let's do this. Because how are we going to define cocktail? I think he just means a drink. alcoholic beverage. Any okay, yeah. Well, okay, well then that changes my answer. Go ahead. I suppose there is two ways to look at. Okay, I'm gonna go with the alcoholic beverage route instead of cocktail because there's a difference, I guess. But for me, it would be a Pinot Noir from the Oregon Willamette Valley. Oh, you're a Willamette guy, big time. So, Pinot, but you're a Noir guy. I am a Noir guy. Like, you're I, a noir I guy rarely too. drink wine but if i do i like i want it to be a noir really okay yeah. so um shout out to my buddy uh brian he, he listens to the podcast too he he actually helped me out with my my wine knowledge tasting he's he's not a sommelier but he's he's knocking on the door sure knowing p.s or, or p.s side, side note. note have you ever seen the documentary psalm I don't think I know what you're talking about. I don't think I've ever watched it. No. And then I'm obviously talking to our listeners too. Okay, you don't have to be a wine drinker. Um, you got to watch that documentary. I'll check it out tonight. You you will like it. Like if you like wine, it helps. But guess what? I don't have a lot to do tonight. Right. Well, yeah. So I think I'll probably watch it. You'll be in curfew. So, um, and then another thing I want to ask too is, so are any listener of a college football podcast? would probably skew towards the male usually um, male manly man to a certain degree masculine person correct so if i talk about wine how many of percentage of the people listening to this podcast right now are like what's 
Yeah, a lot. High. high. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 75%. That that high. That you high. that high. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I've got a little bit of that going in my head right now when, okay. when you're talking. Yeah. Luckily, I'm comfortable <laughs> enough in my own masculinity to not let that bother me. But. Okay. So I, I took this a number of different ways. What... First, I took it as a cocktail, an actual like mixed drink. If you're going to pull the old fashioned away from me, I think I'm going to go in with a Vucare, which is kind of a spin a little bit on the old fashioned. It's an old fashioned type of drink. <laughs> so so he said, don't use old fashioned. So I went with the closest thing, which is a Vucare. <laughs> but, but by but by law, it's not the, it's not the same it's drink. Not the it's the same got, thing. It's got a different name. OK, if it's just drink. I mean, I'm a beer drinker, but I'm a bourbon drinker. I, I would say I kind of split pretty evenly between a Surly Furious, which is the greatest beer in the world, brewed right here in the great city of Minneapolis, and just a bourbon neat. Okay. But it's got to be a bullet. I'm a bullet bourbon You're neat. You're a bullet guy, yeah. And I'm Surly Furious, and sometimes gotcha. I do both at <laughs> the same time. Bourbon, one bourbon, <laughs> one scotch, one beer. But no um, scotch for me. Yeah. As far as cocktail, I'm just not a huge cocktail guy. I, even Outside when I drink, of old fashions. But even then, I I had a number of old fashions last night. In fact, I caught a like a sneaky out of nowhere buzz last night. It was just fantastic. Um, I think it's because I was landscaping. I'm still landscaping all day, and I just I sucked like a two finger old fashioned back. Nice. Oh, hit me good. But I I usually cap it off at two or three hmm. old fashions. At that point, I just got to drink straight bourbon. I can't. It's it's a, that's the end of the sweetness. I agree. Me. I can't totally agree. Yeah. Okay. What if what if we were? Remove- by the way, if I'm taking old fashioned and it's a cocktail, does a margarita count as a cocktail? Yeah, that would be my that would be my next one. Okay, I, tequila has taking a it's jumped way up Oof. in my list of things that I like to drink. Now. I can't drink tequila. I can't drink gin. I can't drink rum. And I've got a story for all three of them. <laughs> Boy, do I! <laughs> There's my, a reason I can't drink any of them anymore. My gin story, I I can pinpoint the date. All you got to do is give me the Iowa football schedule from 2007 when they played Iowa State and got beat. And anyways, that was the last time I I drank gin. Speaking of Dustin Shooty, gigantic G and T drinker. Is he a G and T guy? Yeah, I literally, I've got Hendrix gin. Somebody gave that to us yeah. as a good gin. Can you see that it has never it has had- not been touched? Yeah. I can see that. So it's Dustin, whatever the- you want that, it's, it's yours because I won't touch it. Okay. Why are weird people from Iowa listening to polka songs while they run? <laughs> so um, I actually put this out to my my group of 10 buddies that are Hawkeye buddies that we typically, you know, uh, text each other back and forth game day type of stuff. And I threw it out there to them. And there actually was an article that Mark Morehouse wrote about – the marriage between Polka and the Iowa football team. Okay. Because after Iowa wins a football game, they play in heaven, there is no beer. Yep. So obviously in that case, the theme of the song fits in perfect with a beer guzzling fan base. Sure. Uh, which I'm proud to be a part of, even though I don't guzzle <laughs> beer anymore. <laughs> um, Polka, uh, but Polka music, and I would say pretty much the centrally located part of America there's a lot. There's a lot sure. of polka background. There's a lot Absolutely. of uh, Czech background. Wisconsin, in, yep. big polka people. So it's Minnesota. It's, I think up in a minute. I polka-y. would say the polka area would be would be definitely Wisconsin, Iowa. I would say Minnesota. Probably it usurps Nebraska a little bit too. I would probably think. Nebraska, but but it avoids uh, in, uh, Illinois and probably yeah, avoids a, Indiana. It's got a force field over yep. Illinois. So that there is a background of polka 
And I like to hear that somebody's jogging and listen to polka because that means somebody is they're staying true to their roots with the background. Yeah. But it does tie into Iowa football like that. Okay. Funny story. Um, of course, you know, when we started getting PC, they uh the somebody at the university made a rule that we can't play the in heaven or there is no beer anymore because you know, you say beer in the song. Mm. It lasted one week and it was back on. Like wow. people people revolted. They wanted their in heaven there is no beer. Song What's wrong back. with just living? Doesn't bother me. <laughs> okay, moving on. Another big fan of the show here, MJ Perk at Perkins <laughs> Penguins. He <laughs> list your top 50 favorite vegetables and also meat and seafood pairings, please. Which <laughs> So I think there's a bit of facetiousness a that little is going bit, on. I think. Um I I would say I will I will say this. I I do like vegetables but um the gap between how much i enjoy vegetables compared to fruit is immense there's a really i'm a veggie guy i love veggies like i feel ripped off if i order a dish and it doesn't have a lot of vegetables in it like yeah no i like i definitely like i'd like okay real real quick one to ten ranking one being i hate ten being i love where's fruit um probably like I don't know, probably like an eight. Okay, where's vegetables? Probably also like an eight. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you enjoy fruits and vegetables the same? I would say so, yeah. God, I I hope we get feedback on Twitter on this because I really feel like most people enjoy fruit way more. Yeah, it's pretty pretty close for me, I would say. I mean, hot day, you get done working out doing something, you don't come in and like eat a carrot. Like you want you want like an Oh, apple I'll eat an entire bag of those those mini carrots in one sitting. Real quick. The whole bag. Uh, mini carrots, you know, that like the baby carrots that are rounded. Yeah. I had one of those go 80% down in my throat. Oh. Like I could trying to think of how old I, I, I think I was in my 20s sitting in my house by myself. Oh, geez. I almost died. I almost mama cast it by myself. Ooh. It, uh, it bothered me so much. Like I don't eat the rounded baby carrots. Anymore. I don't blame you. Those things are like death missiles just waiting to come get you. <laughs> Um, but a, just give me a carrot that was just plucked out of the ground. I like if there's some dirt still, like that's how carrots taste best anyways. Hey, you want, you want a, some crunchiness some some, you know, <laughs> real some, gritty crunchiness. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to wash it off. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I want some texture to the carrot cause then it's, you know, it'll grab my throat a little bit on the way down to, you know, choking. Plus you got animals. the leaves. You can pull it out with the leaves if you need to. Yeah. You can do that too. But I do like, I do like a well-cooked carrots. I love asparagus. I mean, there's tons of vegetables that I do like. Okay, well, moving on to the one that we're actually going to talk about, even though we just talked about it. Yeah. Uh, condiment rankings. Okay. I mean, I can give you my two lowest ones. I know one of them, which is mayonnaise. And the one just above that barely is ketchup. Yeah. I can't stand... I'm probably the only person in the world that can't stand either one of those. Um, Ketchup. Did, <laughs> this is, I got to stop. I'm really cliff claving this thing up, but... Um, there's on the history channel there's like there was i think the original one was the companies that build america or the people I, I oh yeah remember. i know what you're talking about i know one the, of yeah. one of the people that changed america yeah. something like that yeah. yeah one of the offshoots of that is food that built america okay again i know this sounds dorky watch it it's if you can get access no to no it, that sounds so, like something oh, i enjoy it's so good like they have the ability for you to think there would be no america without the how well the economy and, and everything is tied into oh, interesting. food. And one of the biggest ones is ketchup. And ketchup was essentially 
invented because meat was spoiling all so often that you doused it in ketchup to hide the taste of how bad the meat was. Wow, you hide, a, hide bad taste with more bad taste. That's an interesting... So that's, yeah. So ketchup to me is just like a base. It's there because it is needed on some level, but it's not something that I like. I don't... I mean... Oh, really? You're not a big fan? Like, do you dip French fries in ketchup? I would rather have something else to dip them in. Yeah, okay. Me too. I mean, honey mustard is fantastic. Yeah, I could do a honey mustard. Yeah. Sure. And then, of course, the Pulp Fiction scene... They dip fries in, in mayo in, uh, over overseas. Mercy, yeah. but what what about what are some of your top condiments? Yeah. To to give you guys a little hint, I'm not actually Greek at all, <laughs> and uh, I happen to be. I'll just I'll just throw it out there. A bit German. Okay. I'm quite I'm quite German. Mustard is like it's in my DNA. Okay. Like I have no less than three different versions of mustard in my. Okay. Rank mustards. Um. D- like Dijon brown yellow. Rank those three. Dijon brown yellow, uh, yellow third, Dijon first. I put brown second. But That's I can, same with uh, me. Uh, there's a mustard out there right now, Chardonnay. It's like really Chardonnay wine. Some, oh, oh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, that could be good. It's incredible. All right, for me, my number one. I, and by the way, I love me. I, I really like mayo. Blech. My number one. I'm also German, but I have mustard third. My number one is any Mexican style hot sauce. Sure. So I, I like Tapatio is a good one. El sure. Yucateca is a good one. My next one is any Asian hot sauce, but of course, sriracha is way up there. Yeah. There's that one made by the same company as sriracha that has the seeds in it, and it's real garlicky. I don't even know what it's called. Put a point in it. I'm going to plug a hot sauce. Oh, okay. So I wasn't expecting to go down the the hot sauce because I guess because oh, yeah. hot sauce definitely is a condiment, but I I just think of mayo mustard ketchup when I think of condiments okay. for the most part. Uh, an amazing hot sauce, free plug. Dave's gourmet hot sauces. I have had one of his. I don't know if I've had that exact one. This one is creamy ginger citrus. Okay, absolutely incredible. Put that on eggs. You put it on dang near. Put it anything. on a shoe. It would taste pretty good to me. I'd, me I'd give it a shot. Mm, and it smells good. It's spicy, but it's not too spicy. So, um, honey mustard is—I think I've already mentioned, but that's high, that's way high up there. So, but real quick, so you you like cheeseburgers, right? Yeah. So no ketchup, no mayo on that thing. Nope. Do you mustard? Nope. You, you just Go eat plain. that thing. Yep. If it's a good burger, you don't need it. I don't know about that, man. Have you? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. How to okay, say. this is going to be too- okay. <laughs> This is gonna be too local, but you've had the parlor burger. It doesn't come with That's any true. condiments. Parlor's parlor's amazing. Okay. I very rare though. Um I mean for me, it's so funny. Like I, we're we get similar and then we just completely diverge yeah. at some point. On my burger, I put mayonnaise on the bun, mustard on the bun. Okay. See, why do we need two condiments? I don't understand just, that. And then I dip it in ketchup. Oh my lord. I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> now I don't need all of that. But one of the three is going to be present on my burger. Okay. Switching the topic a little bit. If you're someone who hates mayonnaise, it's not a good existence because people try to get you to eat it all the time. But can I say I understand why people would hate mayonnaise? It does not. That that doesn't surprise me at all. Okay. But like I'll say – like I'll look at a menu item and it won't list mayonnaise. And I'll say, okay, is, is there any mayonnaise on that? No. And then I'll get it, and then I'll have aioli on it. And I'm like, okay. well, 
Do you know the first ingredient in the aioli? It's do you, mayonnaise. Do you, do you know what mayonnaise is? I know what it is. It's just eggs and oil. And a little bit of lemon. Yeah. Yep. And that's it. I, I'll tell you this. I have had like homemade mayonnaise, and it's not that bad. Like, I made I, my I own could, mayonnaise. I could it's tolerate yeah. that, but that's yeah. not what you get when you go out. Okay. Okay. Let's let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the food stuff. All right. Okay. My, my favorite name on Twitter, Hot Carl Malone, at Hot Carl Malone. What and and we don't like doing hot, uh, hot seat coaches stuff. But he's asking, so we'll answer. What head coach gets fired first in the Big Ten? Lovey. You think it's Lovey? I mean, over be... locks. I think because okay, let's say Lovey goes five and seven this year with his best roster and probably the best Illini roster in like ten years. I think Locks has got a little bit of the native son feel, to and he's him. not getting fired a second year. That's what I'm saying, right? So like I feel like <laughs> I feel like things would really have to go off the rails for Locks to get fired at the end of 2020 or even 2021. Now, as I say that, there's a possibility that things could go really far off the rails for Maryland in 2020 or two. But I'm I'm gambling that it wouldn't be that bad to necessitate a move. Okay. I'm I'm gonna throw this out there. I think it was well, I know it was Dustin Shooty, but I think he wrote an article about it about how there's not going to be any coaching changes this year because of all the COVID which stuff. Which I agree. Which I agree, too. So let's say... A- and, and not just... It wasn't just about COVID. It's about all these coaches are in a position where... It's a weird... We're at a weird place now like, in the Big I Ten. I mean, obviously, any new coaches... And Tucker's not getting fired. Right. So, you know? and then um, and established, established coach... I mean, all over the place. Like, I just don't think there's anybody right. that fits. So I, I just want to make the sure, like... I don't think Lovey will get fired. Neither do I. We have to answer the question, like, what are the highest chances? Okay. So Lovey's on a different part of his career. Sure. He just got him to he's six his, and six. He's in his fifth season. He better, he's got to start producing. So if he drops back to four and eight, which is possible. It's possible. That would be where I'd see the fire. Okay, so let's say he goes five and seven this year, but he doesn't get fired. And let's say Locks doesn't have a good year, but he doesn't get fired. 2021. I would move Locks in front of Lovey, or, okay. or at least even. Or let's say, okay, let's even say Lovey goes 6-6 six and six this year. Locks doesn't have a good year. I would put Locks in front. Yeah. But a I question, th- though. I mean, but those are the only Those are the only two, two. you can even consider. Those really. are the only two. I mean, there could be changes, potentially guys moving up, potentially. I mean, the one I always just wonder about is how, how bored does Khaki Pants eventually get? Khaki is... He's further up this list than he should be. Because I think he's I don't think he's doing a bad job. I think he's doing a Michigan job. But like at some point he's gonna say, eh, you know what? I think I'd rather just go back to the NFL and try to win a Super Bowl. I think there's a thought process. And I think there's a growing amount of Michigan fans that would be open to him making yeah. that move. Um we didn't mention Scott Frost. It hasn't gone well. And like I think it's important like to point out you can point out that Scott Frost has underwhelmed thus far, but at the same time, that doesn't mean you think that there should be a move. Like no. he hundred percent should be there at least two or three more years, almost regardless of what happens. Plus like, he still has the faith of the, the fan base overall. I think oh which I, is I important. Think so. I just felt like that I've had that conversation behind the scenes with a lot of Nebraska fans. It's like you know, like I'll point out a couple not so good things. Like, what do you think they should fire? I'm like, no, I'm not saying that no. at all. I just want to see them tackle, you know, things like that. 
Hmm, tackling, huh? Tackling. So mu- we must say, this is also hot caramel on, must say one nice thing about Loxley. I'm going to say a bunch of nice things about Loxley. Can I just take the easy Go one? Go for That's it, a, man. I mean, he, he is a great recruiter. He's I mean, a great recruiter. That's what I have number, have number one. Um, he called a great game when he was at Illinois overall. Of course, he had Richard Mendenhall, as Juice o- Williams, as the OC, as the OC right. at Illinois. He could call a good game when he's got the talent there. He's got, that 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 belly has got, I mean, it's. I would almost. It's 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 such a thing. Something it's to be admired. To be, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like it's a perfect sphere. Like another nice thing I would say about locks is my guess is, is if there was some way where you just all of a sudden were hanging out at the bar with locks, he seems like he'd probably be a pretty entertaining dude. Oh, I think it'd be a blast to I, hang out with locks at that's a bar. What I think as well. Yeah, uh, for a while, and then you might have to say, okay, it's time for me to leave. Um, okay, where are we at here? Moving right along. Okay, uh, he he requested that we do a coordinator draft. That's just going to take way too long, even though we're already running very long here. So but I think we mean that in a good way. We the coordinator draft. So we're going to do something. We're going to yeah. do a ranking. I think is probably the best way we should do it. Okay, a coordinator we'll, ranking. We'll work through it, but in some capacity, coordinators. Because what we talked about is is a snake draft of who we would draft as our coordinator. And yep. then pair it with a head coach. That's our that's our three leadership team: head coach, OC, DC. I, we could do that, but I, I, maybe we do that. But we I think we should also rank the coordinators. We could do that on, too. on the offensive side. We could do that too. So we'll save that for another show. So great, th- such a good question. It probably will birth its own. Correct. Okay. Okay. Moving right along. Hot Carl Malone requests that we do a bourbon draft. Yep. Good. You want to start? I mean, should we just like list our five top favorite? bourbons because yeah. we're not gonna be drafting the same kinds no no I'm, yeah okay. that's fine you just you do yours first number one bullet bourbon number two bullet bourbon small batch number three bullet bourbon cast strength number four bullet bourbon 10 year number five cedar ridge wow okay um so, <laughs> so good job good i i should have known that you would do that um here here is here's my thought process uh I like I, I'm fine with bullet, mm-hmm. but like it's and it's a good it, the price point's amazing. That's why I buy it. So, but then I gotten used but, to just drinking it, so I, okay. it's, it's what I came to like. Like, so I, if, if let me okay, if price was no issue, would bullet still rank as high? It probably would because I'm just used to it. So now, if like I if much. I had started drinking, I don't know, let's say like Cedar Ridge, if Cedar Ridge was twenty dollars at Lunds and Byerly's, like. Like that then, would have been what you got used. Then to maybe drinking. I yeah would have gotten used to that, and okay. I just would have liked that. Okay. I'm not saying that bullets better than anything. I'm okay. really not. Okay. It's um, just I don't think I don't think bullet is inexpensive enough for me to like it enough to to purchase it. Okay. It would need to be even less expensive for it to rank into where I, I don't I don't okay. know what the deal is. I just I don't like. See, it I don't much. feel like I like it more than Maker's Mark. Oh, I yeah. like it more than um, Woodford Reserve. Yeah, What's the deal with Woodford? It's just too. I woody. think it's okay. Yeah, but too woody, huh? Yeah, would make sense. I yeah, guess. I guess. Um, for me, it's uh, number one would be Templeton Rye. Templeton, yeah. Oh, yeah. Number okay. two would be Basil Hayden. Yeah, good. Number good. three would be Buffalo Trace. Yeah, that to me is. 
higher because of the the balance of taste and okay and price point. Uh, number four is my current one that I think I've said fifty times now. Clyde Mays. Yeah, I've got to try. I still haven't tried it. Uh, number five is Cedar Ridge. That's and a good I'm, one. Honorable mention would be something called Lazy River. Look it up. It's boy, I never heard of that one. Very good. Very good. See, I, I don't understand these people that spend a bunch of money on bourbon. Because it's supposed to be a raw spirit. That's right. really what it is. It's not supposed to be highly refined. Yeah. Talk to a Kentucky person about that. They might. It's. It's. I mean, there's a reason you only distill at one time. There's a reason it's a freshly charred barrel. It's supposed to be raw. It's not yeah. supposed to be like scotch. Gotcha. That's a good point. There yeah. is a there is a difference. So I just there. I don't understand spending sixty bucks on a bottle of bourbon. No, I don't. That's like a. That's like a holiday thing. Man, we'll get a nice. Get yeah. A nice thing of bourbon. Yeah. It's, okay. It's Christmas time. All right, let's see. Moving right along. Yeah, here's a good one. Nick Stelsner at Big Football Dude. That's B1G. Way to go, Nick. Uh, he says, in a cage match, who wins? Jeff Brom or BJ Fleck? So, God, I've, I've thought a lot about this. Oh, really? Because it, it came to me pretty. Go ahead. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, a cage match? We're talking cage match. Cage match. So you, I mean, you think Rom's a whole weight class up than PJ? Yeah, but but PJ's feisty, man. I was gonna say PJ will get some shots in, like like Brom's getting out of that cage, but he's gonna be hurt. He's gonna be messed up a little bit. He's, but, I, but Brom's my winner. I mean, you know, Brom he's gonna knock PJ down, and then you know he's gonna turn around. He's gonna play to the crowd with his hands up in the air, and then PJ's gonna like grab his arm and bite it or something like that, and he's gonna be crawling all over him. Wouldn't PJ be the one playing up to the crowd? Well, not if he's laying on the ground. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so you, so I don't real know. Clo- real close. To I think it's real close. Um, I mean, and, and right now you put Brom and PJ in and a cage match. He's getting four to one odds. Okay, and let's also point out that there is a thing between these two that I I still don't understand. Which is where the question came from. Correct. So, like yeah. there, there's an adversity there, at yep. least from Brom. I don't know if it's reciprocated by by the Flexter. Yeah. Or not. yeah. Um, hmm. But that's that's my answer. I I'm you're 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 it's like a coin flip for you. I I couldn't decide. I figured I'd decide while we were talking here. Still don't know. Um, boy. See, oh. but the other thing about Brom is we he can get fiery. There's no doubt about that. He's got a big thick neck too. You know, he's got a, he does. Like it seems, and I've seen clips. Have you ever seen when like he got knocked out cold in a game when he was playing in like the Canadian Football League or okay. something like that, ble- bleeding everywhere, and he finished the game. Then I think, you know, Fleck, wide receiver, Fleck, younger, Fleck, more endurance. I think I'm going to go with Fleck here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's a that's an upset. I didn't think you would. Okay. I'm job. going with, right. with PJ Fleck winning yeah. the cage match. Yeah. Well, we, we got to get that set up somehow. Okay. And then Alex at Hoosier Al 111 says, of the winner, whoever wins the cage match, would they beat Tom Allen in a cage match? <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Um, <laughs> like I'm just, I'm picturing Tom with his big teeth and smile, like you know, like and those beady eyes, man. Those are the things that scare me. You don't know what's behind those. Yeah, things. You, you remember like on the Terminator movies, like the entire Terminator is blown apart, and like the arm by itself is still like trying to you sure know, kill somebody. I feel like that's what Tom Allen would be. <laughs> Like he just, he wouldn't be able to ever choke him out. You just don't know if he's just like a really nice guy or a really psycho. The nicest people in the world, you know, underneath that psycho, right? Like, like whenever you meet the new girlfriend 
or the wife of a buddy or something, and she's just nice, 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 nice. I always walk away thinking, I bet you she just destroys him behind the scenes at home. Like, oh, that's, yeah. I don't know if I'm a cynic, but that's just, uh-huh. and I, I, Tom's got a little bit of that same stuff. Okay. So you have Brown versus Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Brown versus Tom. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm assuming we have some, uh, you know, recovery time here. Because if yes. you put Brom right no, in, it's, that's it's full recovery. Oh, you okay. get to train again. I'm, I'm, I'm still taking Brom here. I, I, I've got a lot. Of, I think you're under underestimating Fleck. I'm going with Fleck here again. Okay. And so you got Fleck versus T, Tom Allen. So who do you got? I got Fleck beating Tom Allen. Jeez. <laughs> you are, you were on a hill by yourself right now, my <laughs> friend. Well, you in the state of Minnesota, I should say, but outside of that, okay. Okay, so moving right along. Benjamin at Hockey Loon, I'm sorry, at Hockey underscore Loon 2, has, it says, sleeper players to watch on offense and defense from each team. Great question. It's just, it's too in-depth for now. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to table that and probably explore it at a, at a later show. Yeah, so tip of the hat to Benjamin. It's a great question. It, it deserves its own situation yes okay so All thank right. you we'll, yep. we'll address that at yep. a later time ryan youngie at r y youngie that's j-u-n-g-e okay it's the german pro- german pronunciation i guess that'd be jung youngie wouldn't it which is german for young boy so you know hmm. okay yeah, very good so our purdue northwestern indiana and Rutgers, and i'll throw illinois in there too going to embarrass themselves by putting a 50% cap on fans this fall. So obviously a certain level of facetiousness to, I believe Ryan Ryan is an Iowa fan. Yes. Um, Can I say this though? Uh, We are still weeding through what exactly the crowds are going to look like this fall. We really have no idea yet. We're still what? Four months away. Yeah. Yeah. So um, August, Three, three months three. away. <laughs> I, thought, I was like, that, that seemed high. Yeah. Um, so what I would, I, I do want to say is like, I just can't believe how much it's been thrown out there. Like, yeah, we'll play the games without a crowd. Like, it, yeah, it's, it's just, just like, too, it's way too early to be. Well, it, and it's way too extreme. Well, way too easy to just people have accepted it. Like that's a, that's a gigantic deal playing these sporting events, especially college football. I swear. I don't know any sport that draws on the crowd more than college football. No. I, so that's the one point away. With that being said, when people say, oh my gosh, only 30,000 people in the stands, like how now I'm going to flip it back a little bit. You guys ever watched a Mac game on Wednesday and Thursday nights, yeah. especially late in the season when the weather is bad? There could be 17, 18,000 people. And that's, oh, I don't even think there's that many. Dude, there's, there's six or 7,000. Correct. At that. The point I'm trying to make is even when there's that many or there isn't that many people in the stands for those type of games, it still feels like a normal football game. So I think I would sign up right now for stadiums being one third full. You'd sign up for one third full. I'm not because I still think I still think there's a chance we're going to have full crowds. I think it's going to be more than the third for sure. 50 percent. I mean, I I think there's a chance we have full crowds. Okay. So what I'm saying is you would still have a game day feel to it, even if you had one third or 50% of the crowd there for sure. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. How are they going to decide who gets tickets and don't? 
which is, I guarantee you, why these ADs are trying to push towards full crowds because yeah. there is no way they want to throw a rock at that. And then just test. have people, you know, if if you want to show up and take a risk, show up and take a risk. If you don't, don't go. Don't go. That goes for anything. And by the way, a lot of people are going to choose not to go. Hundred percent. I that's think that's their that's their choice. I mean, if a if a business says you can wear a mask or not to go into you know, said convenience store or yep. whatever. It's up to the person if they want to wear a mask or not. It's kind of the same thing here. Sure. Go to the game or don't. Up yep. to you. Right. Yep. Okay, moving on. Mitch Day at 42 to 3. Interesting handle there. True or false? Because of the internet, people are more informed and less intelligent than their counterparts 30 years ago. I mean, okay, there's more information that doesn't really make you necessarily more informed, though, because I think people typically gravitate towards whatever they just want to hear, right? Yeah. So does it make you more informed just because you get more info thrown at you? I don't think so. Um, it's less. Whatever the answer, whatever the question or answer is, it's less. Right you think now. people are less intelligent? Yeah. Than thirty years ago. Yeah. Hmm. I don't. I don't think. I don't see there's a difference, but well. They're more informed, but they believe they're more intelligent. Bingo. So maybe they're less intelligent just because they overestimate themselves. And everybody's thinking of a certain group of people right now. Whatever that is, it applies both ways. Yes, it does. (laughs) Absolutely, it does. Okay, uh, moving on. Does college football need to have an all-encompassing plan for the start of the season in terms of games and attendance? This is also from Mitch Day. Because that kind of folds in. Yeah, same as what we were just talking about. Um. This gets back to the old, you know, debate. College football should have a commissioner. Absolutely. This would obviously be a case where the commissioner would put a plan together. Um, it does not have to, but boy, should it have an all encompassing plan. I've been in favor of a commissioner for, I don't know, as long as I've known you, I've been talking about yep. it, right? And yep. ca- campaigning for myself to be elected. Um, I'd vote for it. So you. I feel like. Yeah, I think things need to be – it needs to be even a playing field across but if the he's, country. But if he's asking – you know, he's asked college football. To me, the f- the closest you get to that is the commissioner of a conference. So Correct. I would hope as much as possible, you know, Kevin Warren for the Big Ten, different commissioners, that they are trying to have every one of their, in our case, 14 teams – be as similar as humanly possible for the amount of practices they get and for what the crowds look like. And I think that's a good point, and I think that will happen, and I think that's probably really all that needs to happen in this situation. Just make it as Conference sim- by conference. Conference by conference, make it as similar as possible. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, there's a lot of nuances that. Crowd, 50%, 100%, whatever. How many practices you get. You know, oh, the practice. I'm really the, curious to see what happens dates, with practices. Because that has to do with the dates, but the dates fall on the states because yeah. then it gets down to that we kind of talked about oh, last man. podcast the into a so i don't envy kevin warren right now no that much because this is a tough he's thing, gonna dude. have to make tough decisions he's also just gonna have to say look like it or not you're doing this you're doing that you're doing that right i think so hmm. yeah. okay bubba bryant at the bubba 91 wants trophy game predictions for 2020 we're, Let's table that one yeah too. that's a definite that's a lot i mean i've got my current predictions they're not my final ones by right. the way i can change right before the season if yeah. i want to but yeah i think that's another one that because we're gonna we'll, we'll tackle this when we get into the teams so so you think we'll just save that for the team i think previous. That's, a, that's a full saver. okay well thanks yeah. for the question thanks Bubba, Bubba, but though. sorry sorry you're gonna it's have to question. wait yep. okay this one from ben weinberg at b whiny 
Uh, now, I, I'm going to give you a little history on Ben. I, I don't know him that well, but we've DM'd back and forth a little bit. He went to undergrad at Illinois. He went to grad school at Northwestern. So he kind of straddles the fence as a fan of both. Really? Yeah. I've only gotten Northwestern from him. No, no, no. In fact, he's, I think this question was directed personally at me okay, okay. because he doesn't feel like I'm optimistic enough on the Illini season. We had a little, you know, a little exchange on Twitter about he thinks that they're, you know, seven, eight win team. I'm not that far away. I think they're about a six win team this year. So I, I guess I'll go and take this one. Some analysis of the lack of Illini optimism. Okay, well, we know they have a lot of production returning. I think they're second only to Northwestern in the Big Ten in terms of returning production for this coming season. They have their offensive line, veteran, um, mostly intact from last year. They've got pretty solid, at least starting wide receivers, good quarterback, running back room's fine. Here's my problem. All three of their wide receivers ended their seasons last year. They, they get knocked out for the season with injury. Um Mike Epstein is slotted to be the number one running back. He has ended his season with injury four out of the last five years. Um, Brandon Peters, quarterback, had two severe concussions last year. The more concussions you have, the more likely are you to get one. Do I think he's going to play every game? I don't. Uh, Defensive line, starters, okay. Not a lot of depth. And I feel the same way on the offensive line. Not a lot of depth, although they have stayed very healthy in the last few years. Defensive backs good. Look look at last year. Everyone, you know, talks about the great season Dale Hardian had, and he did. Who was the best player before he got injured? Jake Hansen. He's coming back, but how healthy is it? I just So a lot of, there are reasons for optimism, but a lot of those people are attached to a check uh checkered history as far as being able to stay on the field. That's one of them. Yes, I do believe the Illini have the best roster they've fielded in probably about ten years, but Ten years ago, the West wasn't, or the the teams that Illinois that didn't have the West back then, but the teams Illinois played were not as good. I mean, look at Minnesota. Look, you know, I was still really good. Wisconsin's really good. I just you look at you go on the schedule. There's there's not a lot of games. Yeah, they're going to win that one. Oh, they'll definitely win that one. Yeah, it's kind of back to what we'd already said earlier. Like it's not so much against Illinois as it is just tough to to win games in the Big Ten, right? Big Ten West included. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're. I think you're more, you know, cautiously optimistic for the most part yeah, as an Illinois I, fan. Like, and I do think if if things go right for them, they could win seven or eight I games. mean, I guess what I'm saying is I would put your level of excitement at the appropriate level. I feel as it an, is. As but, an Illinois but fan, Ben's which a, is rare for big ten, which is rare for college football fans. Like, and maybe that's what we're getting at here is like most college football fans think that they should win at least two games over what Vegas sets their over under at, you know? So, so, and I guess his thing was, um, Kurt's one of the types he goes, yeah, that looks right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But he, so he, he, he's thinking optimistically. And I just said to him, I'm just looking at it from a realistic point of view. This is just my honest opinion. So yeah, they could win seven or eight games. I just think it would take a little luck. And, And by the way, you just look at the history of luck for Illinois. It's not there. Right. You know, you, at some point, you, I just get used to expecting bad things to happen, which mm-hmm. maybe is not the greatest way to look at things, but eh, that's that's the way I do How it. How about somebody that grew up a Illinois fan and Vikings fan? Boy. That'd be rough. That'd be 
Ooh, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? I'm just saying, expecting from the yeah, the bad just things to get yeah. getting the rug pulled out from under yeah, you. Yeah. Oof, man. Okay, standing room Spartans at standing room Spartans. Compare every coach to a cocktail. For example, Fitzgerald is an old fashioned. Okay, you want to start? I'll just you start with the coach with your answer, then I'll give mine. Lovey, Covoisier. Took my it, it's per, it's perfect. Could right? you imagine him just sitting, just yes. like reclining back with the Covoisier, yes. just sipping it? Yeah, hell yeah. Yep, perfect. Uh, we nailed that, it. Okay, that, yep. Okay, Tom Allen, like shooters, like he's he's like he's knocking sho- te- oh. he's knocking tequila back. Like that's, let's go. Wow, <laughs> that's that's a good one. I I want this one's pretty deep. It's a deep cut. You ever see someone drink vodka on the rocks? Sure. And you're like, I'm not sure I trust that guy. Well, because you think he could be Eastern block here a little bit. Like he could be. There's that aspect bit. And to he it. He has that. He has that. And like, is it vodka or is it just water? Which would be maybe more crazy. The guy's at a bar drinking just ice water. Um, another quick story. Back in college, 21st birthday, right? You do 21 shots. Yep. Uh, I can't remember what friend it was. We were on like number 17. Yep. We gave him water. It was a shot of water. And he's like, what was that? That was one of the worst ones, man. Like he, oh, you know, man. he was so drunk at the time. Nice. Sometimes okay. You never forget. Kirk Ferentz. I mean, I know what his favorite drink is. What is which, it? It's the St. Pauli girl beer. Oh, okay. Which is a great beer. Yeah. His, okay. his beer that he's going to have is going to be either, you know, a lager or a pilsner. It's going to be a try. So we can go beer on this. We're, you, we're not if, sticking if to cocktail. To, I, I didn't do it much, but if you want to be specific okay. with it. But. So I was going to go Manhattan. Oh, really? Okay. So my dad drinks Manhattans. Okay. You know, about Kirk's the, a little older the than The Manhattan Kirk. is like the the father of the old-fashioned. Yeah. I think, to a yeah. certain degree. But he's a beer guy. Okay. Locks. I mean, you, you got a little touch of Cavassier, I think, with that, but... I went with the Dirty Martini. Yeah, I can see that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Lox just isn't a drinker, to be honest with you. Uh, he's a drinker. Okay. Yeah, he's okay. a drinker. Right. Um, I went with the Dirty Martini. Okay, that's good. I like that. Uh, <laughs> okay. Khaki pants. It's, like, to me, it's... Actually, to be honest with you, he's the one that's probably not a drinker. No, I don't think he is. So I'm going to go with a white Russian simply because it's got the milk in it and he's a big he's a big proponent of milk. Okay, I like that. You made me think of something. You're a fan of Mad Men? Yes. You remember when Roger Sterling put vodka into milk and drank it in the morning cuz right. he's hungover? Right. Oof. Man, I I can't even imagine the taste of that. Yuck. Great job. So I went with I went a little bit different okay. angle on this one. He orders something that you look at him like Really? That's what you're doing? For sure. So it's like a rusty nail or a okay. sidecar or a Rob Roy or a Tom Collins or something like that. Like, that's what you're going. Okay, he yeah. wants a Tom Collins. Give him a Tom Collins. Like he's out with four buddies. Yeah. Everybody orders a beer. He orders that. And they just like everyone laugh. Sh- everyone shakes like- their head. <laughs> kind of looks away. Like gives each other a look. Okay. Um, let's see. Moving on to who we got here. Oh, Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker. I mean, he seems like a salt of the earth. I, I, I mean, I would just go with more of a, you know, beer. Okay, I could see that. So, because I really don't know much about him yet, yeah, I just don't know what to opinion. think. Like a Moscow Mule is kind of, it's, okay. you know, it's a hip drink, yeah. but it's gotten a little too cool. So, you don't, like, if someone ordered that and I didn't know them, I'm like, okay, I still don't know anything about this guy. Okay. 
Okay. Moscow Mule. Okay. That's sure. why I went with All that. Right. Okay. Uh, moving on. PJ Fleck. What do you got? Red Bull and vodka. Yeah. Light on the vodka, no ice. Lots of Red Bull. <laughs> Does he need it? Would be advice. Well, that's the thing. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he maybe he should go the other way. I think he's more of a margarita guy. A little bit more margarita. Uh, frozen or, or rocks? Rocks. Yeah, yeah. I hope it's rocks. Yep. But that'd be a good choice. He's out with Heather, you know. They're only going to have a couple drinks. They're going right back to the hotel room because you know those guys are like bunnies. Right. So it's just, yeah, he doesn't need a lot uh, of That's alcohol. a good one. Okay, I like that. Moving on to Scott Frost. Yeah. I'm going Natty Light. Just pounding Natty Lights. Natty Lights. I mean, definitely, you know, grew up in uh, Nebraska, is in Nebraska. Yep. Like, it's not going to be anything too fancy. No. I don't know if I can beat Natty Light. Natty Light's great. Okay. I think that works. I think we nailed it. Yep. Okay, Fitzgerald. A little bit tougher here, right? What do you got? I went with a gin fizz. <laughs> gin fizz, huh? Okay. Um, Which, by the way, Standing Room says he obviously drinks old fashions. Maybe he does, but gin fizz, it's an old fashioned drink. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I think. Plus, it sounds like Fitz, Fizz, Fitz. That, is and that, he probably that... would name one. I'm going to have the gin Fitz, not the Fizz. And really think that joke was funny. Yes. He would look, because if there's anything that Fitz does, he likes to make weird jokes that weren't actually needed at the time. Right. And make everyone so. feel uncomfortable. Okay. I'll go with, I'll go with the gym fits. Okay. Ryan day <clears throat> class here. He's He's drinking red wine. That's oh what I think. yeah. Yep. That's a good one. So I, I'm kind of, this is like indirectly patting myself on the back. Cause I mentioned it earlier. I was going to say Vu Okay. Cause it's a pretty, yeah. I mean, it's a little too hipster for me personally, but yep. if I had to drink it, I'd be pretty happy. I think Ryan Day is eating a well-prepared medium-rare steak with some red wine. I think you're right. I'm going yeah. with red wine, too. Right. Okay, uh, uh, James Franklin. Tougher, tougher. It's a tough one. I, I couldn't yeah. come up with a great one. I went with Mojito. <laughs> the Mojito. Oh, man. Mojito. I used to, uh, and I don't even know why. Yeah, <laughs> just Mojito popped in there. Yeah. Um... I wonder if Perkins knows this. He probably he probably knows. We should ask him of, what type of drink. Uh, I, I don't know if I get mojito is good. Why is that? Why is that working? I don't know. I just I went through a bunch in my head, like my yeah. little database in my head, and I said mojito. That's it. Yeah, mojito. I don't know. I think I could see maybe James Franklin surprising you and just and just being good with you know like a straight bourbon on the rocks type of deal. Okay. Yep. Well, spent some time in Vanderbilt, right? So he would he would probably he, he probably got a little you know bourbon bourbon drinking with them that's true dna and he also hung out with the snooty crowd though so maybe yeah maybe he's more of a nice red wine could be okay moving on to jeff brom yep i mean bourbon neat right yeah i think just i mean he's from louisville Louisville, like he knows how to drink a bourbon so bourbon neat's perfect i think so i mean the the you know, I, yeah. if I could drink with anybody, I would be Brom because I just imagine. And I bet you, at one point, one of those bourbons, he like slams it down. Hmm. Just to like, geez. okay, yeah. Shiano. So he's got the jersey ties. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. I went with an oaky red. Okay. Because he likes to chop wood. You always put more work into this. Than and I this. always and I went not a noir, which we both yeah. made sure that we point out we both like something because he's you know he, real manly man. I think right. he's going with a real heavy one, like a, a cab. Okay. Okay. What are some of the other heavy, like full bodied ones? Yeah, cabs, but yeah, right there. Okay. Okay, Paul Christ. I mean, what? If- this guy—it's gonna sound like we're trying to so, you know. But I mean, what is the most watered down beer on? I mean, he's like Coors Light to me. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. It probably yeah. should just be a Watertown beer. I mean, he's Wisconsinite. Like, it might even be... I don't know if you had this growing up, but hy V is the big grocery chain. They they used to have a beer that just literally said beer. Oh, yeah. Just, it. yeah. Fair. Like, the that's, the that's actual, his. like, the real generic. Like, Correct. you saw the generic in, that's him. in shows or yeah. cartoons. Yeah, they actually had that. Yeah, that would be him. So, he, well, you think so. Yeah. I was... I mean, he always just... Seems to be almost falling asleep. So I went with Irish coffee. <laughs> okay, just to make up. Which, so I, you know, maybe PJ, sh- I shouldn't have even mentioned the, yeah, because he doesn't need it. Right. Maybe that should have been Paul Crist. He Could needs be. the, he needs the right. Could Bull. reverse those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Woodshed, Iowa, 52240. By the way, is that like the Iowa City zip yeah. or something like that? It's a play on a Gazette um, headline from uh, when Iowa you know, derailed Ohio state. The, the title of was woodshed, woodshed. Ah, five to two. Okay. Yep. Very good. Well, he wants to know what does the road to 10 plus wins for Iowa look like and show your work. And we talked about this just a little bit before we recorded. Um, I mean, obviously we're not going to go down the whole schedule, but it's pretty easy to break it down like this. Um, for, so first of all, if if you're an Iowa fan, don't look at Iowa's schedule. Yeah, you don't want to. It's it's, if you're it's a, not pretty. If you're a Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska fan, go ahead and look at Iowa's schedule because it'll cheer you up a little bit. Um, so the point we're trying to get at is obviously it's a very tough schedule. It's easy. This is what Iowa has to do to get to 10 wins. They have to win every single game at home that they are f- favored in, which I think they'll be favored in almost every game. Except at, maybe Wisconsin with, is at the last right. one. So long story short, you have to win – the eight games that you're expected to win. I, I'm not saying they're going to be favored in every one of those games, but but you can't no trip ups, man. That's what I'm saying. So then the other four games are at Ohio State, at Penn State, back to back. By the way, yeah, those are back to back on the road at Minnesota on a Friday night. By the way, after Iowa State, right? And so the the five toughest games are probably right there. Is I mean, definitely at Penn State, at Ohio State, mm-hmm. definitely Wisconsin at home, definitely at Minnesota yep. and Iowa State at home. Too. I'm I'm not glossing that over and just saying it's a win, but you would have to expect to beat Iowa State at home if you're going to get to ten wins. You're going to have to. So basically, you have to split those four games that we're talking about. And let's you just have look. to go two and two versus Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. And let's be honest here: going on the road back to back weeks, Ohio State and Penn State. <sighs> I'm just. I mean, I'm basically chalking those up as losses. It's going to be tough. So then that means you have to win every remaining game, which but I, his whole point is he wants to drink the Kool-Aid. And, and I, what, I'd put the what Kool-Aid. he wanted us to do is to like go through how does it happen? Because I think what he's saying is I don't expect us to get to 10 wins because the schedule is I that. I also but, do not expect you to get to 10 wins. I, the one thing I would say is this. If you can get through the first little gauntlet of uh, Iowa State at home and then at Minnesota – if, yep. So if you can get to 4-0 and after that, you can kind of exhale a little bit and say, ooh, we just got some heavy lifting done. Split Ohio State, Penn State at that point. You've established that this is a better team than what many people think. Mm-hmm. And then you got to take down either Minnesota or Wisconsin. Mm. And by the way, Nebraska isn't an auto Nebraska, win either. At least you get them at home, but no, that's not Neither's an auto Neither's Purdue. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's tough. I don't, I don't think you're going to lose to Illinois, but, you know, we, we just talked about Illinois. Yeah. They could be kind of spicy this year they beat heck they beat wisconsin last year right and 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 i've always said they match up much better against an iowa remove the 63 to nothing game and and wisconsin a team that plays them straight ahead versus like a nebraska that that's gonna 
I throw a little more misdirection. I understand. Yeah. There's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. Okay. Finally, CFB Big Talk at CFB underscore Big Talk with a one. Way to go, CFB. Has Minnesota replaced Iowa? as the fans that most want to sit at the big boy table. This is laced with, with uh, I don't know, sarcasm, whatever you want yep, to call it. Yep. So I'm going to start by saying it's not a bad thing to want to sit at the big boy table. Everyone wants to sit at the big yeah, boy table. Yeah, Yeah, so have they replaced them? I mean, I guess, like, to me, they're the team right now. That so I guess who's the... sitting at the big boy table? At, for well, I think he 10. means uh, Ohio State, Penn State. Do you throw Michigan in there? I'm not sure you can. Really? That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, the big boy table is the big small... boy table is pretty hard to get in. So I think I mean, it's Ohio State, Wisconsin, for sure. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I was going to say, and Penn State. Is that the only three definites at the big? Boy that's table? the only three definites okay. at the big boy so table. Then there's most of the conference, obviously, that's not. Um, I mean, I would say of that next cut, Michigan and Iowa are the closest to getting into the table. Probably Minnesota, right there, but. And that's not dogging Minnesota, but it's been one year for Minnesota. Like you see a lot of times with these teams, like you think of, I don't know, Clemson, like Dabble had them good and good and good and yep. good. And then they've got great. Yeah. Like it, sometimes it takes a while for the team to just constantly sit there. So I don't exactly know where I'm going to say, I think I was closer to the big boy table than Minnesota is right now. Very close. Very I close. would say yes. Just out of a, Consistency, consistency, and, and he has history to play into that. So, but and I think he's kind of is like, or the the fans wanting it to be there. So, my thing that I'd like to add is: is there any team in the Big Ten that, compared to what they are historically, has a higher trajectory right now than Minnesota? And I don't think so. No. So no, I think Indiana, they're, they're Indiana's close. Yeah, but. maybe Indiana, but I think they're they're the the most they they have the most reason to to be thinking that they're the next at the big boy table. And a lot of people are predicting them to get to the big yes. to the big boy table this year. So yeah, I don't know if we really answered the question because it's kind of tough to pinpoint an answer to that. But at least we talked about it. I'm always way on the other side of the room looking at the big boy table, just wishing. Because there's some sort of joke in here about the adult table and the kids table, yes. and yeah, I think it means the adult table at the. There could the, be there could be like three tables. There's like the adult table, the kids table, and then like the table that you put like the the real troublemaker. You know, like let's hmm. let's put cousin Eddie in the next room so right. he doesn't you know ruin Thanksgiving for yeah. one type of deal. So well, that wraps yeah. it up, man. Great questions by the greatest listeners in the history of podcasting. Yeah, thanks for the participation, everyone. We should probably wrap it up. We went along as usual. A little long, yeah. I Not am Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.